I would start off um, with a story about me as a teenager because I love to embarrass myself, right? So uh, I want to share a little story with you that happened when I was about 13 years old. I was part of this program. It was called Royal Rangers, and it was kind of like a, like a Christian Boy Scout group that we had. And um, in this group, you would earn these patches for different things that you did. And when a new patch would come out to earn, it was like a big deal. And this new patch came out, and it was called the JTT patch. It stood for Junior Training Trails. And in order to receive this patch, you would have to go through this two-night, three-day backpacking trip with some friends and a couple of the commanders. And so I was really excited. I was at the age, like the cutoff age, I was the youngest one that could do this. And so I went on this backpacking trip with a few older guys in the group who were all about three to five years older than me. And we got ready to go. Now, if you know anything about backpacking, like the goal is to have the lightest backpack and like equipment possible, right? And so my parents went out and they got me like a really light tent, a light backpack, light sleeping bag, all this stuff. And I put the backpack on and it didn't weigh much. And I was like, all right, like I'm going to be keeping up with all the older guys. This is going to be great. There's going to be no problem with this. I am so excited. And so we go off and on the first day we start off on our backpacking trip and everything is going fantastic, guys. Like it's going great. I'm keeping up with everybody. We start, we set up camp that night. Everything's going fantastic. We have breakfast the next morning. We pack up all of our stuff. And y'all, I go to pick up that backpack and it is like the heaviest thing in the world all of a sudden, right? And I'm like, dude, I can, like, this thing is so heavy. And I go and I put it on and I'm like, dude, how is this, like, it's taken every ounce of energy in my body to try to walk with this backpack today. It's the same backpack, but why is it like so much heavier all of a sudden? And I start walking and all the older guys are starting to get ahead of me. And I'm the younger guy that's like, no, I can't let this happen. Like, I can't look weak in front of them. I got to be strong. And so I'm like fighting to keep up with them. And they're all going, hey, you doing okay back there? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm good, man. Don't, don't let them know, Lance. Don't let them know. And I'm like sweating like crazy, right? And we start going, and all of a sudden, the older guys kind of like, they start snickering and laughing a little bit. And I'm like, oh, they're laughing at me. Like, I got to show them, right? So I'm still going as hard as I can. And they, they just keep laughing. And finally, one of the guys goes, hey, Lance, put down your backpack. And I'm like, uh-uh, I'm putting this down. Like, I can keep up with you guys. I'm keeping this backpack on. And then another one says, dude, put down your backpack. We're going to take some stuff out of it. And I'm like, no, we're not. I'm not sharing the load with you guys. Like, I can do this myself. There is no way. And finally, a little bit later, what feels like probably three miles to me, and it was really like 30 yards, I bet, right? Like, one of the other guys says, dude, put your backpack down. We need to take some stuff out. And I'm like, fine. And so I put it down. Guys, he pulls out rocks from my backpack underneath my sleeping bag. They had hid some rocks in there when I wasn't looking and made it like way harder for me. If it hadn't been for those rocks, I would have been fine. But you know what? Those rocks, it was tough carrying that, right? Because there was like this extra weight and it made me tired and it took all my energy and it just made things a lot harder for me. Sometimes life just kind of feels that way, right? It feels kind of heavy. Like all of a sudden, I don't know where it came from, but this is heavy, and, and it, it feels a little bit harder and a little bit tougher, and we feel maybe hurt or like we have a lot of energy that's being spent, and we find ourselves exhausted mentally, physically, and I think one of the things that can really kind of cause this feeling of, of heaviness in our lives is something we've either all experienced or will experience in life, and that is loss. Loss is something that is heavy. Loss is something that, that can make us tired. And loss is something that we're all going to end up carrying around at some point in our lives. 
Uh, I'll never forget um, when my brother was only 19 years old and died in a, in a car crash. Like, man, that left me and my family tired from that loss. And if you've experienced something like that, you know it, it drains you. It's something that's it's hard to walk through. It's hard to go through. We were full of emotions and tired souls, and I, and I didn't really know how to handle the frustration, the confusion, the anger towards God in the middle of it. But I'll tell you this, that by the grace of God and the people in his church, me and my family were able to walk through that loss in a healthy way. Jesus said this and was quoted saying this in Matthew chapter 11, starting off in verse 28. He said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you, can you help me with that word? Rest. He continued on and said, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Man, God wants to give you and I, he wants to give all of us rest, even when we're experiencing loss. And no matter what your loss may be, maybe for you, uh, you, you've recently kind of experienced loss of like a dream. You had this dream set up for your life and you knew exactly how it was going to play out. And all of a sudden you got the news that, hey, you didn't get that scholarship anymore. Or, hey, you didn't make it into that, that college. Or, hey, you know, the way you thought your family, your life was going to look, it's, it's not looking that way because of circumstances and situations. And you're experiencing the loss from dreams. Or maybe for you it was like a friendship that you had and you were like best friends with this person. And then all of a sudden stuff happened. Life happened and you're experiencing loss from a friendship. Or maybe it was, it was a relationship. I'm sure a lot of us could go back to that, the first love, right? Like your first boo that you had. And you thought that was going to be your boo forever until boo found another boo. And then you had that emotional boo-boo, right? I just came over that. That was good. And you, you found yourself kind of hurt from that loss, right? Maybe it was a more serious relationship loss where you went through, you're going through or went through like a divorce, man, and, and you didn't see yourself going through that, and you're, you're stuck in some heavy, you're, you're experiencing some heavy loss and, and grieving in your life. And I want to say this, that there's, there can be this like misconception um, that because God can sometimes feel distant and because he is God, he's the creator of the universe, that he doesn't understand what this is like for us. But I want to set the tone and start off today saying that God understands your pain when it comes to loss. God understands your pain. I'll, I'll just give you two examples on that, man. In John chapter 11, Jesus is on earth, right? He's God in a bod, God in the flesh. He's living on earth, and, and in the middle of his time on earth, he, he develops this uh, friendship with a guy named Lazarus. And when Lazarus dies... We get this, these, this short verse, it's two words in John eleven thirty five. it says, Jesus wept. Like, man, this, this emotion that Jesus goes through because he experienced loss. Or we could go all the way back to the, the beginning of creation in Genesis when God creates man and has them in the garden and he has this intimate relationship where he walks with them and he talks with them and then sin enters the picture and there's a loss of this intimacy with God between his creation. And, and then God saw this and he said, look, I'll do everything. I will send my son as a sacrifice. He from that day developed a rescue plan for you and for me. 
Because that loss was too great for God to just stand by and not do anything with. He said, I want to rekindle. I want to reunite with my creation and my children. God gets and understands our loss. And his desire is to love us and lead us through these tough times. And so while we could talk about a lot of things when it comes to loss, today I want to talk about specifically kind of what to do in the waiting period when it comes to loss. Like when, when we're stuck and, and things aren't really going the way we're honestly wanting them to, things aren't going the way we thought they were going to be, and, and we're kind of waiting. We're kind of stuck. We're in that little bit of a limbo phase. Like what do we do with this? When we're asking questions like, God, where are you in all of this? Or more specifically, God, where are you right now? Right this, right this moment in my story, God, where are you? And my question is this, how do we, how do we wait and not lose hope? I think one thing that really brings me comfort um, as I read scripture and kind of dig through God's word is that I'm not the first person to experience loss. And I'm not the first person to be stuck in a waiting period and kind of wonder where God's at. We're going to look at um, a writing and a prayer from a guy named David, who's one of my favorite like, people to look at in Scripture. Like David is absolutely phenomenal. When he's kind of first on the scene in Scripture, he's brought up to be anointed as the next king of Israel. And while everybody would look at him and say, ah, his brothers are like bigger than him, they're stronger than him, why wouldn't one of his brothers be king? God says, I look at his heart. And David is known as a man after God's own heart. And so when I hear of somebody like that, I'm like, man, I want to know how somebody like that handles loss. I want to know how they kind of walk through this story. And so we're going to look at Psalm chapter 13 today. And while we don't necessarily know exactly when David wrote this, a lot of scholars agree that he probably wrote it when he was on the run from King Saul. And so David had been anointed king. He goes out and he like slays Goliath with a slingshot. And then he becomes like a leader in the military and he becomes very successful. And in the middle of all of this, Saul, who is the current king, gets extremely jealous of David. And so he decides, I'm going to kill David. And David has to become a man on the run. And so while David's on the run, think about what he has to leave to be on the run from a king. He has to leave his home. He's got to leave his position. He's got to leave his family. He's got to leave some of his friends. Some of his friends went with him, but not all of them. And so David ends up experiencing this extreme loss while he's on the run from Saul. And in the middle of this, in Psalm 13... Um, David shares his, like, his real emotions with God, and he's extremely honest with him. And there's three parts of this chapter broken into two verses each. The first two verses, David is going to kind of talk to us and present the problem. Here's what I'm going through, God. Here's what I'm struggling with, and here's the honesty of how I feel right now. The next two verses, he begins a petition with the Lord and starts talking to him about this. And then the last two he kind of starts, and he has this pivoting moment where he begins to praise. And so we're, we're just going to start off in the first three words that David says in this prayer. Is he says, how long, Lord? How long, Lord? He's, it, it's such a powerful beginning because he's essentially asking God, like, God, I've, I've gone through this loss, and I'm in this little bit of a waiting period, and I'm wondering how long is this going to last? When I read this, I kind of thought of, uh, you know, when you're on a trip and you're a little kid with your parents and you're just, you're driving somewhere and the question that you keep asking is, are we there yet? Right? Like, are we there yet? And they're like, dude, we are driving to Walmart. It's 10 minutes and you've asked 50 times, like calm down. 
But we keep asking why because it, it seems like it's taking longer than it should. And the, and the funny thing about loss, man, is it's, it seems like it almost slows down time, doesn't it? Where we're like, man, how long? And David is being real about this. He's saying, how long, Lord? And the next words he says is, will you forget me forever? Like this, this, this emotion that bringing it, David is like starting off with. He's saying, I don't want to feel alone anymore. Like God, just, just tell me there's an end to this. Because it feels like this is going on forever. And Lord, I just want to know, how long? He says next, he says, how long will you hide your face from me? God, I feel like you're literally hiding from me right now. And I just want to know, how long is it going to be this way? When I was a kid, like one of my favorite, absolute favorite games was hide and seek, right? But one of the most terrifying things that can happen is when you're playing hide and seek with like your dad or an older sibling, and all of a sudden you can't find them anywhere, right? And you're like, oh no, they're actually hiding from me, right? And you're terrified and you're looking around. David is in that where he's going, God, I'm looking for you. I'm searching for you. And it feels like you're not here. And I just want to know how long will you hide your face from me? He's saying, God, please show up in my story right now because I need you. I need you. Next, he says this, how long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? I, I love the word that David uses here when he says wrestle. Because if you've ever wrestled with anybody like your size or bigger, like if you wrestle with a little kid or you're like your kids and you're a parent or something, like that doesn't count, right? We all know you're going to win that wrestling match. But if you wrestle with somebody who's like your size or bigger, what happens? It takes every ounce of energy for you to just like survive that wrestling match, right? And, and what happens is you get tired, man. I've never seen anybody jump up from a wrestling match and be like, all right, I'm ready to go run that 10K. Let's do this. Because wrestling makes you tired. And, and when we go through loss and we're in the waiting period, we get tired wrestling with those emotions, wrestling with those thoughts day after day. And it takes every ounce of strength and stamina as we wrestle with the stress, the pain, the fear, and the depression. David here is wrestling with his thoughts and this persistent sorrow in his heart. And then he says this next. He says, how long will my enemies triumph over me? He keeps repeating these words, how long to God? And, and, and the crazy thing about like when we talk about loss is that this is something that is hard because it can just pop up, right? And we can remember this through certain scenarios, certain things. And it's something that tends to kind of just come back over and over again. And he says, how long will my enemy triumph over me? And maybe like David, you're wondering, am I going to have victory again? Or does, does this mean the end for me like dating? Like that, that didn't work out. And I lost the one that I thought was going to be the one for me. So I think I, I just give up now. Or I really thought I was going to get that promotion or like that advancement at work. And that was a dream of mine. And now that I've lost that, I just, I don't want to try anymore. He says, how long will my enemies triumph over me? I didn't get accepted into that college. So maybe, maybe I just give up on school completely. And this loss can make us feel like we just are 
are losing and not having victory. And then David says this next. He says, look on me and answer, Lord, my God. Like, David is so direct with God in this verse right here. He doesn't even say, like, please, right? He's not like, please, look at me. He's like, no, God, God, look at me and answer me. David is so direct with him because his emotions are high. He's being honest about how he feels. And he says, God, look at me and answer me because I need you. I need you to see me and I need to know that you notice my pain in this loss. And then he says, give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death. He's saying, man, things look so dim right now and the future feels pretty dark. And God, I'm asking you, you, would you give me some light to my eyes? Let me see where you're at work here. Let me see where you're still at work in my life. God, let me see the situation with your eyes. And then he says, and my enemy will say, I have overcome him and my foes will rejoice when I fall. These, these first four vo- verses, man, are like so emotional from David. He's, he's being so real with God saying like, man, I feel alone. I feel lost and I feel hopeless. And so as we walk through these, just, just through the first four, I think there's two things that we can really pick up uh, when it comes to David. And the first thing is this, is that we have to be honest about what we're feeling, especially when it comes to loss. Um, to kind of prepare and get ready for this message, because this is a really tough message to preach. Um, I, I made some phone calls and I talked to some people that have dealt with loss and walked through this in, in ways that were like, man, their lives were honoring God and they, they dealt through it and walked through it in a healthy way. And so one of the people I decided to call was um, Sue Vasquez. And I talked with her about some of the stuff and she told me something that I absolutely love that I wanted to share with you today. She told me, we need to remember that it's okay to feel broken and I can't speed up the grieving process. Like we're all gonna grieve in different ways. We're all gonna grieve on different lengths in different situations. And I think just like David shows us here, man, it's okay to feel broken, especially when it comes to loss in our lives. And we gotta be honest about that. And sometimes we might think like, I really don't wanna tell God I feel broken. Man, God already knows how you feel. God knows that, and so we can go to him and say, God, this is how I feel. This is what I'm going through, and be honest, just like David was. And I think we need to remember, too, if we have somebody in our lives that is, they feel broken, we might not necessarily know what to say, but the most important thing we can do is to be there for them and to, as the church, show up and let them know that they're not alone and that we're with them in this. And the second thing that that we kind of see from David is don't compare your loss to others. We don't need to try to get into some kind of like hardship Olympics and win a gold medal, right? It's not about comparing our loss to others because, man, let's just be honest. No matter how small you may feel like your loss is, if it hurts, it hurts. And if it matters to you, it matters to God because you're you're his son, you're his daughter. And if it matters to you like God, it matters to him and he wants to hear from you about it. And he wants to talk with you through it. And then David kind of, in this moment, it's interesting because David ends up pivoting from anger, frustrating, and blaming to focusing on who God is and what he has done. 
He says this next. He says, but I trust in your unfailing love. He's not disregarding how he feels in his emotions. He's like, these are real, and this is how I feel. But as real as these are, God, your unfailing love is just as real. And, and the word love here is, is, a, is a Hebrew word. For, it's called chesed. Turn to your neighbor and say chesed. That's right. Now you guys are all scholars. All right, good job. You all made it. This, this means like, a, this is like, a, I got your back no matter what kind of love. This love is a loyalty kind of love. And David is reminding himself, yes, this is how I feel, and that's not going to change. But what else isn't going to change is how loyal God's love is for me. That remains the same. I'll never forget when um, we have a teenage boy, and he's in our youth group, and uh, his father passed away unexpectedly. And um, some of the church staff was there, and some of, some of his um, small group leaders and stuff were with him when he first found out. And when he was told that his dad passed away unexpectedly, his first response to all the adults in the room was, it's gonna be okay because God can use this too. And I just remember in that moment, he was ministering to every person in the room. And I'm like, you want my job, bro? Because <laughs> that'll preach, right? He recognized and realized that yes, this is how I feel, and that's okay to feel that way, but it doesn't change who God is. And, and you might not have lost anyone close in your life, but the principle here still remains the same. This was the same thing that uh, my wife and I were going through for years, as every single month, the pregnancy test kept coming back negative and negative and negative. And, and I'll tell you, my wife was the one that was strong for us in the middle of that because she kept reminding me that it's in God's timing and that God, God doesn't change just because our circumstances are this way. And as much as like I wanted to have a baby in my 20s, God made me wait till my 30s. And that's okay because now she's going to be having a baby in April and it's going to be great, right? And, and it's easy to now... Now that I'm on the other side of waiting, it, it, I'll be honest, it's easier to look back at that and say the waiting, in the middle of the waiting, it was best to trust God. But in the middle of the waiting, it was the hardest to trust God. Because I'm wondering, where are you? But we can't forget that we can trust in his unfailing love. David then says this, he says, my heart rejoices in your salvation. Man, David here is going, hey, if nothing else, God, if you give me nothing else, my heart can rejoice because you saved me. Because through grace on the cross, and even though Jesus hadn't come yet, and David was trusting in a promise to come, he says, my heart rejoices in your salvation. And so in the middle of our loss, man, if God does nothing else, he has saved us and sacrificed his son so that we could have an intimate relationship with him again. And he closes off with this statement. He says, I will sing the Lord's praise for he has been good to me. David says, I'm not gonna disregard my emotions and how I feel. Because 
we grieve and we need to grieve, right? This is why Jesus said, blessed are the mourn, those who mourn for they will be comforted. But David also recognized that my loss and my grieving never changes who God is. And he's still there for me. And he loves me. And his mercy and grace is there and his peace is there to comfort me. And so Mike is going to play a little song for us. And I just ask that we just kind of take, take a moment to like reflect and respond. And maybe you're, you've just kind of gone through some loss in your life. Take a moment to talk to God about it and be real. Or maybe you need to reach out to a friend about it and talk to someone. Or maybe you know somebody who's going through some loss right now and, and you could take this moment to pray for them and to lift them up to God. Let's just take a moment to, as a church, reflect on this together. Faith can move the mountains. Let the mountains move. We've come with expectation. Waiting here for you. You're the Lord of all creation. Still you know my heart. You're the author of salvation. From the start, waiting here for you with our hands lifted
with our hands lifted high in praise. It's you we adore, singing showed us he started with the problem he said God you seem distant I'm in the middle of this waiting after my loss and you seem distant and so he started to call to the Lord and was honest with him about how he felt and what he was going through and then David praised he said yes this is real this is how I'm feeling and I'm going to be honest about it but I'm also going to be honest about who you are Lord And I'm going to trust in your unfailing love. I was talking to my friend about Psalm 13, and and I love the way he kind of summarized it. He said this, when David experienced loss, he did more than just lament. He asked God for help and declared his willingness to trust in him. So as we walk through seasons of loss and as we're in the waiting period, I encourage us, Let's be honest with our circle, our friends, and God about how we feel. And remember that God's love is there with us. Now, this is a two-part series, and you guys aren't going to want to miss next week because we're going to have a special guest. Pastor David Crispin is going to come in and talk about hope for us and what that looks like. Yeah. I can promise you, you are not going to want to miss that. So eat your Thanksgiving meals, good and hearty, get your bellies full. And then come down as we talk about hope together. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much, Lord. More than anything, God, we thank you for who you are, that you're, you're our Father who cares about us. You're the God who loves us, Lord, and that we can go to you and be honest and real when, we've, when we're broken, when we're hurt. And God, that we can also remember that you're with us and that you love us, and that you won't leave us. And so, Lord, I pray that any of us that are going through any kind of season of loss, Lord, that that we would be honest with you and that we would remember who you are in these seasons, God, and make that choice to remember those things. And, Lord, if we have friends and family that are going through seasons of loss, Lord, that we would show them your love and your grace. And even though we might not always have feel like we have the words to share with them, God, we do have the time to share with them. And so that we would be there with them through their seasons of waiting and loss. Lord, we love you so much. We thank you for who you are in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you guys so much. We'll see you all back next week.